Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This is an RNZ podcast. One every four minutes. On average, that's how often police attend a domestic violence incident. A staggering number of people have been charged with strangulation since a new law was introduced in December. Kia ora, I'm Sonia Sly and this is an Our Changing World podcast from RNZ. Now, New Zealand has one of the highest rates of domestic violence in the world, and there are far-reaching effects for those women and families involved. Now, in this episode, I find out why separating from an abusive partner might not be as simple as it looks. That's actually a really commonplace feature of relational life in New Zealand. We have a big problem with domestic violence, but what we don't recognise in talking about domestic violence is the wider spectrum of what I call oppressive intimacy. And this is Associate Professor Vivian Elizabeth from the Sociology Department at the University of Auckland. And her research has delved into the lives of women post-separation, addressing how their sense of identity changes and their experience in family court and the changes to her role as a mother and caregiver. I specialise in family and gender. I look at the way in which those two intersect to shape people's um, everyday lives, really. In neither call for participants did we ask for mothers who had experienced um, domestic violence or what we often now call coercive control. But what she discovered is that those who responded came from backgrounds where they felt powerless and isolated. But before we move on, what is coercive control? The use of intimidation and bullying and humiliation to limit a woman's capacity to, to act in ways that we would normally expect, so she's unable to act autonomously. For many of us, if we've separated from a partner who's not abusive, you know, it can actually be a liberating experience. But for these women, even after separation, many of them still feel trapped. What stood out for me when I think about those women's stories is that they couldn't actually separate. Vivian came across one woman whose ex-partner just couldn't let go. He stalked her up and down the country for 10 years. Who's there? Hello? She would see him driving past or he would leave something in her letterbox. You know, he was just quietly telling her, I'm here, you just don't get away. You know, it wasn't a comforting presence, it was a threatening presence. And he had been grossly violent. She had nearly been killed by him. Not all of the women I've spoken to have been so grossly violated, but they still have a sense of threat. And especially when children are in the picture, some men use the law to maintain a form of control over their partner. Fathers who are invested in being controlling of their partners are able to use the law to actually stalk them and to actually threaten them 
and a place that hurts mothers almost the most. And that is over the time they spend with their children. And our requirement now for fathers to stay involved is that women can't actually separate because you're always having to engage with them in some way or another. And you're supposed to engage with them because the ideal is you're supposed to be a cooperative parent. Even if you're not actually having active contact, like with changeovers, for example, you're still aware of his presence. His decision-making still impacts on you. You're still not autonomous. So I've heard women talk about not even being able to move across Auckland because the fathers of their kids have taken them to court. They've been able to constrain the woman's mobility. The law enables this kind of control if fathers choose to activate it. Which places more risk on the children and creates less positive outcomes for the women involved, including increased anxiety and emotional distress. I used the idea of custody stalking because I thought it would be really, really resonant that we would begin to understand how the law is not neutral in this no, regard. definitely and it, not. And it can be used as a tool for malign purposes when people want to use it for malign purposes. It's quite commonplace for fathers when relationships are getting rocky or when it's clear that a woman's going to leave or she's just left to threaten women. And sometimes we see fathers enacting that threat through very, very violent means. And we've had examples in New Zealand where fathers kill the kids. It may well be about a kind of payback. You've hurt me, I'm going to get you. Often when we think about that kind of wounding, there's an element of shame involved. Shame's a deeply painful emotion that sometimes we actually actively bypass. And when we actively bypass it, we can be very, very angry, very retributive. And Vivian says that more attention needs to be paid to the abuse of partners who are trying to gain greater access to their children post-separation, particularly if they haven't played much of a role in their children's lives previously. It looks to us as if it's a good father pursuing active involvement. We don't see that as perhaps part of a pattern of revenge. We don't see any connection between custody stalking and more physical and violent stalking. What we know again from other literature is that men who have been controlling, who've been violent, are very active in the courts and in pursuing time. So we may have to ask why. why? What's at stake for them? So we actually expect mothers um, who are living with violent and abusive fathers to actually leave. And if the fathers are actually posing a risk to their children, they should leave even faster. And on the other hand, when those same fathers end up in family court, we expect mothers to support the fathering of those fathers by giving up time. Given that some of these women, or a majority of the the women in your studies, had come from negative kind of experiences... Did they feel an aspect of guilt or that perhaps feeling like they'd made the wrong decision to leave given that perhaps their feeling of sadness and that feeling of loss was so strong? It didn't get any sense that they felt like the decision to leave was a mistake for them, but they did wonder whether it was a mistake for their children. And that's because her children might be at risk under the care of her ex-partner. But is that paranoia 
one woman in my last study was really, really concerned about the sexual safety of her child. She couldn't get anybody in the court, the psychologist, the judges, the lawyer for the child to recognise the child's vulnerability. And subsequently, the child was sexually abused. And it's been profoundly damaging for that young person's life. It's been a a traumatic and life-changing experience. So why didn't anyone listen? We don't credit women's voices in court. We see them as simply an interested party. So this is the other thing. In everyday life, we expect mums to be interested and on the side of their children as the voice of their child. But as soon as they enter into the court, they're no longer able to speak on behalf of their child because they're simply another interested party. What do you think that says about society and society's attitude to what it means to be a nurturer, what the role of motherhood is? Well, I think we still don't value it very much, actually. But but also, do you think that there is a societal perception and they'll just see her as a crazy woman? Some of it is about like hysteria she's just being hysteric that's probably you know a more benign meaning that's given to it other times it's just seen as a deliberate tactic to actually exclude the father social conditioning and prescribed gender roles plays a big role in how society perceives women which inadvertently contributes to and perpetuates that cycle of abuse we actually often think of women being vengeful and that tends to stick to mothers in the court, whereas when we think about the things that fathers might do, including that they've been violent, those accusations don't stick, and even if they do stick, they don't necessarily make a difference to his access to his children. And it poses a great deal of risk. But there are other subtle ways that abusive partners maintain power and control. And migrant women are some of the most vulnerable and face huge barriers after separation. I've talked to a couple of migrants, so mothers who have come to New Zealand without other family and may have a smaller circle of friends to call upon. And this particular mother, you know, she'd wanted to go back. She was bereft of everything that supported her and gave her life meaning. Not only was that the case, but her ex had actively gone out and destroyed her friendship network by spreading malicious rumours about her. She didn't have family here. So again, this is a really big issue that we face in a globalised world. Mm. What do we do with parents who have migrated, whose social support resides somewhere else? At the moment, we make it extremely difficult, if not impossible, for them to relocate. They must stay put, even though that staying put may be incredibly hard financially and emotionally and can't really be that great for the kids. That was Professor Vivian Elizabeth from the Sociology Department at the University of Auckland. You also heard Jude Walcott as the distressed woman. And I'm Sonia Sly. If you'd like to find out more, then head to our webpage rnz.co.nz forward slash our changing world. And don't forget that you can find us as a podcast in all the usual places. Thanks for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. 
or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.